back to the Recovery Daily Podcast. This is Rachel. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. And guess who fixed her charger port on her computer? Both of them. This girl. That's who. How did I how did I fix it? Rubbing alcohol and Q-tips. And I fixed it. It totally works now. I have my microphone plugged in. I charged it this morning. So I feel pretty brilliant right now. So nobody knock me off of this pride, please. Um, today, I want to talk about the concept of surrender a little bit more. I discussed this yesterday, but this time... I'm adding an important piece of that, an important piece of surrender, and that is letting go with action. So in sobriety, we hear that half half measures avail us nothing and that the results and benefits of the program are nil unless we let go absolutely. So what does letting go truly mean? And how do I know if I've let go absolutely? Um, I think, you know, I don't have the magic code for why some people are able to get sober and some people aren't. Um, we say some people are sicker than others. There's all kinds of stuff there. Um, but one blockage is this idea of letting go absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about that, what that means to me and, um, see if it resonates with you. So letting go absolutely is not about inaction, it's an active process. It's not throwing your hands up and being like, okay, I give up. And, and I mentioned that yesterday. It's not giving up. It's giving into. So um, this active process, this, the action is making a conscious choice to engage with life differently. Letting go with action is another one of these paradoxes. So I wanted to, is that the plural of paradox? Paradoxes? Paradigm? I have no idea. I want to talk about what it means to me. Okay, so it's about releasing the fear of the unknown, the stubborn grip that holds us back as we hold on to what we know. We hold on to what is familiar to us. It holds us back from becoming who we're meant to be. Um, I'm not a big fan ever of saying who I'm meant to be. Um, I think that there are some people that believe there is 
some destiny for each of us individually um, that it's already mapped out how life is going to look for you whether you believe that or not um, the grip that's holding us back is from being our best self and living our best life Um, so when I say being what you're meant to be, that's really what I mean, is your best self, the best you can be. Um, And I'm learning that nurturing my future self means embracing my present self, you know, Um, letting go of where my feet used to be planted letting go of my past self and taking a step in a new direction. And that is the action. It, the action is that step forward. It's like, you know, if I were to think abstract, abstractly here, I'm thinking of three Rachels. Uh, yeah, I always talk about version Rachel version one, version two, and version three. So version one was before I got sober. Version two is when I got sober. And version three is post-stroke. That's where we're at. We're on version three right now. Um, I'd like to think of them as upgrades, but um, it's questionable right now <laughs> that version three is an upgrade from version two. But I trust that it will be. I will get there. Um, but what I'm, what I picture are these three versions of myself. And when I need to let go, it's like, I need to stop sanding beside Rachel version two. You know, I need to let go of her hand, leave her where she is, and start stepping forward. I need to, um leave those old selves behind, that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not mourning those old selves, the pieces of them that, um, that grew are still a part of me. But the, the pieces that, that won't do me any good, those, those are what I'm leaving in their place, you know, Um, and I'm taking a step forward. I'm taking all the good stuff that's going to add value to the path that I have ahead of me and uh, put that in my backpack. And I'm taking a step forward as version, Rachel version 3.0. And that's the action, um, the step in the new direction. I'm planting my feet and moving. Letting go is not standing still, you know, it's not letting go of Rachel 2.0's hand and still standing next to her. It's, it's not like letting go and I'm falling from an airplane either. It's, it's taking a step in the new direction, like practicing that acceptance that, okay, I have my backpack on now. 
I have loaded my backpack with what I need for this trip. And, um, and now I'm going to take a step. So early on in this stroke recovery, I started taking the lessons that I learn each day, um, wherever I'm learning them from, from, um, a lot of doing, using voiceover, that was really a lot of my time was spent in the beginning on voiceover on my phone, listening to YouTube videos and learning about stroke recovery and learning more about sobriety, um, about alcoholism recovery, because I needed to really arm myself with with whatever I needed. I had to pack that backpack really full um, in order to make sure that I wasn't going to put myself at risk for taking a drink or um, really falling into a depression. So I've been taking all these lessons that I've been learning and trans trying to transform them. I don't think I'm trying. I think I'm doing transforming them into something tangible. And, and that comes out in the way of my morning shares in my sobriety meetings at 7am every single day. And in these podcast episodes every single evening. And I see this as an action that is associated with letting go. I was letting go of my obsession with my job, Um, my career woman mindset. That was my desire, you know, letting go of my desire to become an executive strategy expert. That's what I wanted. And shifting my focus into new desires, building new desires. And yes, I was grieving during this shift, but that's okay. It doesn't have to feel good. Um, Usually the most important actions that I take in my life, from my experience so far, are actions that don't feel good. They they just don't. Um, Not in the beginning, but... uh, But also, here's another angle. There's another misunderstanding of letting go. And letting go does not equate to not caring anymore, right? So letting go of my obsession, and it was, it was an obsession to be my um, executive strategy self, uh, expert self, um, letting go of that doesn't mean that I don't care about it anymore. It, uh, there are people that, there are lots of people that I've run across that think that um, I'm indifferent because I don't get wound up like I used to when I was drinking. When I was drinking, I got so wound up about things um, to the point of anger. And um, I was never a violent person or anything. It's kind of comical to even say that out loud. But, um, But I did experience a lot of emotions, like really, really peaked out anger and, um, 
and on the other end of the spectrum, sadness, you know, and the truth is that getting spun up like that is really, really uncomfortable for me. There are people that thrive off of that level of emotion. I am not one of them. Um, it actually feels like a hurricane inside me. <laughs> and I, I don't like it at all. It's very uncomfortable for me. And, and I saw that confirmed by in that neuropsychiatric report that I read some of the results from earlier this week. Um, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like getting spun up. It feels very icky to me. So instead, I choose to let it go. I choose to set stuff free and let life unfold on its own. And this is a concept that I don't think is unhealthy. Um, I think there are unhealthy ways to do it when you're ignoring things that need where you need to take action. But there are things that whether we get spun up about it or not, are not going to change. And that's the stuff that I'm talking about. Um, not, you know, sometimes things will work out better if I don't inject myself into them. They'll work out better than my best laid plans ever could. Um, and that's the stuff that I'm, that I'm talking about. What will be, will be. That's a good one. Um, I run across a lot of people that don't like this about me. I have in the past. Um, there's a lot of people who just don't understand that about me. Like, how can you not be pissed right now? Because I just, I can't, I can't be pissed. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not going to do anything. Um, and it's how I have to function in order to support my mental and emotional health. I just have to. Um, so the real purpose of letting go isn't about releasing my dreams and my hopes. It's, it's not giving up on the idea of never being giving up on the idea of ever being a uh, executive strategy expert. I'm not giving up on that or releasing that dream into the atmosphere. What I'm doing is I'm releasing the my obsession with the lack of it, right? With the lack of achieving that dream or the lack of being able to work towards the dream, the lack of obsessing about it. No, obsessing about the lack. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, obsessing about the absence of what I want to happen, um, releasing that. It's a delicate shift from 
focusing on the void to focusing on the fullness of life. From scarcity to gratitude. And this month is, of course, our gratitude listener challenge. I hope you all are plugging away each day or night whenever you choose to do it, digging deep for your joy that can be found in all things, everything, as long as we try hard to look for it. Um, In our Reads and Recovery book, The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray, I just listened to a section today about how when we practice, she's talking about how (laughs) she actually had somebody say to her, um, aren't you taking this gratitude thing a little too far? That kind of thing. Um, But if you practice it for long enough and keep searching for joy and gratitude in in things, you know, and, and not in everything, but in, you know, in things throughout your days, every day, over time, it does get easier um, to see it. And it's true. It's true. I, um, I've experienced my gratefuls getting much easier over the years. And then when I have a period of lapse where I'm not doing my gratefuls, like when I first was not able to look at my phone um, like six months ago. And I almost started blowing off. I didn't almost. I blew off my gratefuls because I'm like, well, I can't look at my phone to send my gratefuls to my sponsees and my sponsor. So I just stopped doing them. And then it got harder to when I picked it back up again, when I'm like, why do I have to send it to anybody? I just have to think about it, you know, think about what I'm grateful for. It got harder again. So it's practice. I swear everything in life takes practice. If you practice it, you just can start doing it. Um, It's just how much you want it. So eventually, um, I've chosen really to look through a lens of gratitude throughout my day, um, look through a lens of gratitude at the world around me, no matter what I'm doing. There are a lot of times I take my dogs out for their potty breaks and I just stand there in the grass. I've got like the grass beneath my shoes, the sky above me and these trees around me and it's silent, you know, it's the middle of a work day or something. And instead of thinking about, which I had been thinking about, everybody's working right now, and I'm just standing here. Um, Because those were some things that I thought, I know the people that work really hard (laughs) could be thinking, yeah, that sounds like a terrible problem to have. But it, it's not great. It's, it's not great when you really can't do anything, you know, when I can't do anything. Um, I'm starting to see that there are lots of things I can do, but 
um, that feeling of standing out there with, with one of my pooches. And I've been learning how to just be grateful for the peace, like the serenity that's in that moment. Instead of thinking, well, I don't get to work, you know. Um, so that only comes from practicing my gratefuls, for sure. And it's hard to constantly see gratefuls. It is. And it's hard to constantly look at my strengths and what I can do instead of uh, the skills that have faded or the activities that I can no longer do. There are bad days like yesterday when I get caught up in the loss. I get fixated on my limitations, but I'm learning that by surrendering, uh, you know, truly letting go, it is the antidote for the pain, for the, for that emotional pain, uh, the mental struggle. And it's about celebrating what remains. And there's a lot of me that remains, a lot of great stuff, a lot of great sober stuff, recovery stuff that I can get even better at and share it, have enough to share with others instead of mourning what I've lost. As long as I keep trying, it'll get easier, just like gratefuls. And again, I'm not giving up by surrendering to my disabilities. I'm letting go of trying to stand in the same spot and do things the same way I was doing them before. I get to be Rachel version 3.0, and I get to redefine myself inside this new body of mine. And one, what this reminded me of today was when I first got sober, I kind of forgot about this. When I first got sober and I started running, <laughs> running to me was running 30 seconds. That's about as far as I could run. And then I would walk for five minutes and then I'd run for 30 seconds. And I had a friend of mine that was doing this with me and she was so patient with me. She's like, we run as much as you want, walk as much as you want. She knew that I was just very unhealthy at that point because I really hadn't even moved my body for years. But this, as I kept trying to run, I started being able to run a little bit longer. I could run 45 seconds instead of uh, 30 seconds. And I could take just a couple minutes in between instead of five minutes in between. And the more that I practiced it, the more enjoyable it was, the more it felt good to move my body like that. And as my body started healing physically from just the poison that I had been pouring in my body for so long, as my body began to heal and start doing the things that it was meant to do, using the muscles the way that our bodies are meant to be used, 
I started, I started imagining my body as being like, like a, a, an instrument that you can play, you know, like, like a flute or a saxophone or something like that. Like it can do so many beautiful things if I take care of it. And I didn't know that before I got sober, but as a sober person, um, it really started to feel good and look beautiful. And, um, and it was exciting to explore what I could do physically. And so this can be an exciting time as well. If, if I let it be focusing on my new hobbies, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that if I hadn't been given this disability. I wouldn't have been sewing. I wouldn't have learned to sew a quilt. I wouldn't be doing my podcast. I wouldn't, there's so much I wouldn't be doing had I not been gifted with this new thing that I'm experiencing. Um, Music, painting, sewing, and soon we're going to be exploring in the podcast the relationship between creativity and recovery. But we aren't there yet. We're going to stick to our reads and recovery book and our gratefuls, uh, the listener challenge this month. And, um, but we'll get to that. So, um, so letting go absolutely for holistic health to attain results in holistic health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I have to let go absolutely. And it means ceasing to try to force the old activities into my life. If I'm still trying to swim upstream, then I haven't truly surrendered. And um, yes, I work on improving and embracing new activities. But when I here and there cling to the past and trying to do things that I can't do right now, um, and maybe ever, it only breeds frustration and pain. And this means, therefore, like, when I want to reach for a digital device, I need to also reach for my earphones and use it with my, you know, using my ears, meaning uh, listen to a book or use voiceover. Um, it means when I want to reach for a digital device, instead walk over and, and use my sewing machine. And I have another quilt that I'm getting started on. I just have to pull it out and, um, or reach for my tub of flour and bake something or reach for my weights and do some strengthening, strength exercises, Gently redirect my energy towards new goals and new dreams that align with the body I have now, yet still considering the values of mine. I always have to keep my values in the forefront. Those values I 
um, I talked about in the very beginning episodes of this podcast, and those are learning, health, and communication. And um, letting go, surrendering is not resigning to a joyless life. It's rebuilding myself to surface the joy um, in the life that I have now. It's not giving up, it's rising up. And surrendering is the active choice of letting go of the struggle and stepping into a new rhythm in my life as it is now. So thank you for joining me today. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, or you just have a comment on something that I've discussed in one of the podcasts, please shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, My email is rachel at recoverydailypodcast.com. Keep up with your gratefuls for the month, and I will talk to you tomorrow.